0: First of all, I'm not too embarrassed, because that's the first mistake I've ever made in my whole life, okay? <laughs> yes. Secondly, um, I'm so grateful, not just because we're just following Thanksgiving, but for all the work of the uh, Altar Society and the volunteers. Look at this, all that they do. They, they had, just a few weeks ago, all green, and then last weekend we changed the white and gold for Christ the King, and now the purple, and they'll change the white to gold at Christmas. And they really put in a lot of, a lot of hours and energy. And so uh, I really appreciate them because also they create the environment that helps us to appreciate the season of Advent. We have the primary symbol, as I mentioned at the beginning of the Mass, the Advent wreath. And each light, uh, each week, we light one more candle. And the light keeps growing stronger and stronger until we come to meet Christ, who is the light of the world on the feast of Christmas. Um, <clears throat> This season of Advent, I've been preaching this for 46 years, and um, I have to say it's always a little difficult because there's a weirdness wrapped around this in that we're celebrating a past event and a future event. And, And this good psychologist will say, you never do that. You don't live in the past. It's over. You learn from it and you move on. But if you sink your teeth into this and hold on to it, it can just destroy us. And if you live for the future, I don't mean uh, be concerned about the future and prepare for the future, but, but are worried about the future, especially fear it. There's, there's a craziness in that that's not good. We're supposed to live for the now, the present. That's all we got. There's no guarantee that we'll be here tomorrow. There's no guarantee we'll finish this mass. A, the, a massive earthquake could come. There could be an explosion underground that wipes most of us out. And, and, I mean, if you live in fear of that, you start to go cuckoo. But, but to say it could be, but Lord, I put myself in your hands, I trust you. So, here we are, like every Advent, and we're celebrating the coming of the Christ in two ways. The first way is to go backward in time to the Feast of Christmas to recognize that Christ the Messiah was born into the world. Okay, We remember that. We do that with, with a lot of celebration. And then we also look forward to the coming of Christ, as they say in Spanish, the Segunda Venida, the second coming, when Christ will come. And I, there's no image, it's all visionary, but I say if, if we could think of the cosmic Christ, the Christ who is universal everywhere, had a big cloak, and the whole universe was put in his cloak and he presented it to the Father. That's what we celebrate. And how do we do it? Well, mostly through the Word. In the first reading today, we have a reading from Isaiah. It's, it's a lovely reading. And it's talking about the promise of the coming of the Messiah. Now, you see, the Jews, they were very concerned about the Messiah coming, the Savior, because they suffered a lot. They, they were in wars, and they were, they were split into kingdoms, and, and they were exiled. And then they had the Romans taking over at the time of Jesus. And so they, they had a lot of misery in their life. And maybe some of it they brought on themselves because Uh, they told everyone, we're the chosen people. There's only us and then the Gentiles. There's us and the rest of the world. Well, who wants to hear that? But that's what they said. So uh, the prophets began to say, you know, God will save us, as he always does, and he's going to send a Savior, a Messiah. And today in Isaiah, in a very intimate way, uh, Isaiah begins to speak for God to the people and tell them what it'll look like. And he says there's not going to be wars, nations against nations. This is going to be gone when the Messiah comes. He says the people are going to take their, their um, um, the, the instruments they use for towing in the field and they're going to turn them into, um, into plowshares. Uh, excuse me, they're going to take their weaponry and turn it into plowshares. And They're going to take their spears, their swords, and turn them into pruning hooks. And, and everything is going to become fruitful. And then he goes on to say, Look it, It's not so much today, but we will hear it all through advent. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, um, the lame will leap up and they'll run. So when the Messiah comes, get ready. there are a lot of promises that all of life will be changed. And the truth is, we celebrate Christ coming in Christmas because we say that event changed the whole world. It was never the same after the coming of the Christ. Now as to whether we appreciate that fully, because, again, look at Ukraine and Russia. There's still wars. And, and there are deaf and blind and lame people there. There's all kinds of struggles still. But still, we say that event, we recognize that as the coming of the Messiah. And the opportunity for those who really open to it and believe in it for peace, for healing, for life, for hope, for trust. It's all there. And so that's why our readings uh, that are foretelling the coming of the Messiah become so important for us. We go back in time to appreciate when we celebrate Christmas, a past event, and recognize the Christ who has already come. Then the second reading is the other coming of Christ, the coming of Christ at the end of time. And, again, the language that gets used is, is very powerful language. Um, but, uh, again, imagine this. Because, you see, Paul was one of the biggest proponents of this. He believed that Christ to come any day. As he baptized communities, uh, Ephesians, Colossians, Corinthians, Romans, he told them that Christ is coming very soon, so stay ready. Keep your lives clean. So he says, you've already been saved by baptism, but he also tells them, put away the drunkenness and the carousing and fix your lives. Keep them clean, because you want to be ready when Christ comes again. In fact, the very opening line was, wake up! Wake up! So Paul announced this message constantly. But imagine this, and it doesn't go like this, I don't think, but let's say Paul's first year of preaching. And he's baptizing people. He says, now stay ready and alert because Christ is coming. Then five years pass. Christ hasn't come. So he keeps telling the same message. Be ready. Christ is coming any day. Any day, be ready. And then 20 years go by. And he's still preaching the same message. And Christ hasn't come. I wonder the effect on people. Would they say, "Mm mm-hmm, Paul, yeah, you're right, Uh uh-huh. He hasn't come yet. Well, here it's 2,000 years. So I don't know about you, I don't know about Paul, but I'll tell you how I feel preaching that message. It never makes sense to me. He could come tomorrow. Could. But I don't think so. In fact, I hope not. I don't think I want to be here when that happens. I just can't even imagine. It sounds cataclysmic, you know? But that's the message of Advent. He comes at Christmas. He will come at the end of the time. Well, I think both of these are bookends that are really pointing to this moment right now. Because if if we're going back in time 2000 years and if it could be another 2000 years, what's the point? The point is of all of the scriptures is be alert and ready right now, wake up. Wake up. And <clears throat> It's not that Christ isn't here. He's here before we even. He's in us and with us and through us, and even as we sleep and as we wake up, Christ never separates from us. So when we receive Eucharist, it's not that Christ isn't there already. It's it's something more. It's kind of like this. In fact, uh, this Father Foley wrote a book on sacraments, and he said, signs of Christ's love, God's love, I don't know if he said this, but this is what I came to think. If somebody loves you, your mom or dad or your lover, whoever loves you, and you know that they love you, isn't it still different and maybe better for you when they say those words, I love you? And isn't it different still and better even more if they give you a peck on the cheek, a big wet one, There's something different to feel the kiss of love. It doesn't mean that the love wasn't there. It doesn't mean that they love you more because they kissed you. But the kiss does something to the receiver of that kiss. And that's what I think all of church is about. It's being kissed by God, being kissed by God. So, very potently and very meaningfully, Matthew tells us that Jesus says, wake up, wake up, be alert, be alert. He says, an hour, we don't know the Lord will come. And he makes this comparison, he says, if the the owner of the house knew that the thief was coming, wouldn't he be alert and stay there so he could protect his house? And that's the spirit we should have all the time. We're ready. There's a word that we use in Advent, it's maranatha. And I want you to repeat it after me three times. Maranatha. Maranatha. Maranatha! Anybody know what it means? Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Maranatha. And the word comes up often in Advent. Because that should be the spirit of our being awake and alert, that we're asking the Lord to come. Not that He isn't there, but it's more that we are opening our eyes to that presence. Imagine this. If from today for the next five years you had to walk around with your eyes sealed shut you couldn't see a thing, somebody said, don't you see where you're going? No, I can't see. I can't see. Uh, Well, watch your step. Where, 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 where? Would you help me get up that step? That that sudden blindness and total blindness, you could see nothing, not even shadows or light. And then one day, poof, your eyes are open. Everything changes. And to me, that's what Advent is. It's opening our eyes through a a celebration of a whole season. The church keeps saying, open up, open up, open open your eyes, be alert, be awake, because it's so easy to become numb and momentarily or sometimes for a long time be blind. That's even why we're going to have at least three opportunities in celebrations of penance services in Advent, St. Ignatius, Divine Word, uh, Divine Savior, and here, And also every Wednesday we have them. And any time you call and say, Father Perry, can you hear my confession? Come on down. Let's set a time. Why? Because we recognize it is easy to become blinded by our passions, by our fears, by our anger, by our hurts. The number of times I've heard people, and I won't deny that I've never felt these feelings, but people who have been hurt by somebody and they, like a light, out like a light. Don't talk to them. I hear it all the time. Father, I haven't talked to my sister in three years. Why? She hurt my feelings really deeply. Three years ago? And we hang on to that? I'm not asking anybody to admit anything here, but I know this happens. It happens all the time. It fractures families. It breaks lives. Why would we accept that kind of blindness? And it doesn't mean, you know, I mean, sometimes when people hurt us deeply, we, we need to forgive them, not for them, but for us. But it doesn't mean that we have to reestablish or continue the same relationship we once had. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes we lose trust. But anger and that, 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 that separation within us, it's crucial to our peace that we restore, that we heal. And I think Advent is that. If there's any word, and I know it's a foreign word, but if there's any word that should be on our lips, it should be Maranatha. We wake up in the morning, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I know you're there already, but open my eyes to you, that I see you, that I hear you, that I feel you. Maranatha. And if Advent does that for us, imagine the difference on Christmas Day. Imagine if we have been asking for all these four weeks, Lord, come, come into my life, fill me, let me see like you see, let me hear like you hear. Give me your gospel, give me your light. Come, Maranatha, I guarantee you the way that you celebrate at the crib of Jesus will be very, very different for you and for me. And so all through this Advent season, let Maranatha be at the center of our prayer, the center of our lives.